We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Welcome back. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're excited to kick off this new year talking about something that I'm sure seems pretty cliche, but we're going to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions, but hopefully with a different twist. Um, But to get started, Kara, how was your Christmas? It was great. It was just enough. (laughs) My husband had a flight uh, halfway through the afternoon, so we got everything wrapped up by like two o'clock and then took him to the airport and the kids play at the skate park with all their new fun stuff. And then on the 26th, I cleaned all the Christmas decorations up and put them back in the attic. <laughs> it was done. It's ready for a clean slate. Less yeah. dust and no more glitter. <laughs> yeah. Luckily How for about you? us. Luckily for us, we didn't have a ton of Christmas decor up, and we didn't have a Christmas tree because we knew we were going to be spending Christmas with um, a family member, and so we, it was nice to not have a ton to clean up after and to come home to not a crazy mess. Yeah, for sure. But similarly, I feel like I am ready for this new year, and I know... A lot of people, I've seen this all over social media, have talked a lot about reviewing their 2020 and the growth that they experience. Um, How would you say, like, your 2020 in review has been? (laughs) It was extremely painful, and there has been massive growth on top of that. I've navigated all sorts of different trauma and my own interpersonal feelings and identity. And then I kind of had to mix that all together and through a lot of therapy and (laughs) a lot of self work, I guess I somehow come through, I feel like a stronger person and, you know, my, my 2020 was hard, not just because it was 2020, but it was just full of some really deep, painful trauma processing. But I do, I do feel like it was the year for me to be able to process that and to be home with my kids and my husband and reestablish roles and identity and balance in our home. It was the you know, it was the time we needed to do some of that work. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I've heard that similarly for a lot of other people. I had a friend who posted on uh, social media about how 2020 was that year for her as well, where she was able to start going to therapy and process some of just life and her experiences and how that has made her marriage better and her better in figuring out how to deal with her mental health issues. So I think similarly, I would say my 2020 in review, I don't, sometimes I feel bad saying this, but my 2020 was actually pretty great. I feel like. Yeah, you did have a good year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I started off of the year feeling 
really excited about the year. I had a new baby and and it's been really, really great. That doesn't mean there hasn't been hard things, but we got to spend a lot of time with family, especially Luke's family. And that's been really wonderful, especially to have Sawyer to be able to spend so much time with her grandparents. And yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like And for me this year, I've finally been able to identify my passions and start acting on goals and things that I have been wanting to do for a really long time, like this podcast. So I feel like 2020 has been a really great year. Now, I will say, though, that as it's coming to an end, it's been more difficult for me, which I think has been really interesting. I know a lot of people who struggled this year because of the coronavirus and feeling isolated. I feel like that wasn't my experience until now, where a lot of our friends have moved out of Seattle and I'm having to restart and reconnect with new people. And so that's been really challenging for me. In fact, today, I feel like it was one of my harder days where... I woke up this morning feeling really overwhelmed because we got back from Christmas and I had a lot of goals and things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, Like just to name a few things, like I have a lot of furniture pieces that I'm working on that I want to refurbish and repaint and, and sell. And then I have a lot of goals with the podcast. Then I have a lot of personal goals of continuing to exercise and, and prioritizing that and my self care But then I also have like little things of like, I want to organize my pantry and I want to organize my closet. And so I was just feeling incredibly overwhelmed with this to-do list of Mm -hmm. things that I want to accomplish and just personal goals I have for myself as I come into this new year. And I said to Luke how I was feeling super overwhelmed and so overwhelmed to the point and so stressed to the point that with this huge long to-do list that I was completely unmotivated. I was so stressed that I just didn't want to do anything. So it's just funny and kind of ironic that we get to those points and places where we feel like we have so much to do, but don't have any motivation to do any of it. That was kind of like a theme to my whole 2020 that I just couldn't, I felt like I couldn't accomplish anything. And like my brain was like, mush and I couldn't hardly accomplish anything from start to finish so I actually started ADD medication <laughs> a couple, like a week ago and like before Christmas and that helped me like actually get ready for Christmas it was oh, wow. fascinating it was like uh, my mind is clear anyways that's a whole nother story but I totally relate to those feelings because I feel like my whole year especially I've been in this fog where I cannot get my list into a priority order, you know, to be able to start. Well, that's really interesting because I feel like that can be something that, I don't know, I feel like causes a lot of shame for me. Like when I don't want to be productive or I'm not productive with my time, I have a tendency to start like beating myself up. So this morning I have this huge long list of things that I want to do And I start doing like little things, but I'm really not being super productive. And then it comes to a point where I'm like, oh, Dana, why can't you just do this? Or 
why can't you just do that? Or you're so ridiculous. Just work on right. something little, you know? Right. Why are you so overwhelmed and like frozen in? <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. And But it's so hard to be able to stand back, like take yourself out of that shame and say like, I need to have grace for myself. I need to nurture myself and talk myself through these feelings because my feelings are valid. Yeah. I don't need to be shamed for feeling overwhelmed. And some days, who cares if you're productive? You don't have to. Part of your self-care could be like, I need a mental break day where I just am basically jello and watching TV or sitting on the couch or just playing with my baby or just cooking or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I had that realization in the middle of the day where I put Sawyer down for a nap and I read for a little bit and then I went and got a massage and it really helped me to just kind of reset myself. And I felt like I was much more productive after that, but this morning was tough. But (laughs) thinking of kind of along these same lines, I feel like I was actually just listening to another podcast where someone talks about what they ask the question of like, what are your secret shame lives? So parts of yourself or your life that cause you to spiral with shame because outwardly, no one's going to admit their shame or their, their spiral out of control of shame. So I started thinking about that. And so I think part of mine is my lack of productivity because I would say I'm pretty goal oriented I'm a, I'm a go-getter. I like to have plans. My mom would tell you that, or our mom would tell you that. Like yeah. she would jokes all the time about how we were planning a vacation and I was like, all right, what's on the, what's on the menu? And it was like a year before the vacation was actually supposed <laughs> to happen. So I've always been like a planner and a go-getter wanting to get things done. But I think my secret shame is that I spiral out of control and get down on myself and beat myself up when I have those days of in, of unproductivity. Yeah. Like I have a lot of secret shapes. Some of them are obviously like probably too personal and they're not necessarily my story to share. Yeah. Um, but I, I would agree that also that sometimes I am just like, gross in my space and I am like I'm not going to do the dishes for three days and I'm just not going to and I'm but hopefully no one comes over like <laughs> you said. Yeah. and um I I feel like one of mine would be that like I'm I totally will yell at my kids and when they're screaming at me and in a emotional tantrum I literally like scream back at them like just a loud scream in order to like scare them usually to like snapped out um, where they're at in their head and like if people (laughs) if I did that in public I would be arrested probably like my kids would be taken away from me (laughs) but I I'll have people say like oh you just just deal with your kids so well you're so patient I'm like yeah in public like I'm not about to get cps called out here at the bouncy house place like we're not doing that today (laughs) but like in my home i there are these times when i just like lose it and 
medication has helped me immensely deal with those feelings. But I think maybe initially when I started medication too, I probably had some shame around that. And, but I don't anymore. Don't tell my dental hygiene patients how much diet soda I drink because that's probably another secret shame for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's like an entire episode uh, that we want to talk about is like medication and mental health. So we will save that for another time. But I was thinking about kind of what you're saying about like snapping out of it and had this really unbelievable experience today. So speaking about, you know, going through this, this spiral of shame. So at one point, I guess I was just kind of busy. I don't even feel like I was doing anything specifically. I was just kind of like bustling around trying to do odds and ends things. And Sawyer was really trying to get my attention. And so finally she like grabs my hand and pulls me over to start coloring with her. She has this big color mat. Um, And so I sit down with her and I'm kind of nonchalantly drawing with her, but I'm really thinking like, oh, I really don't want to be doing this. Like Sawyer, why can't you play independently? I have so much I need to get done. And just kind of wallowing in my own self-pity and just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this anxiety and frankly, this, I wouldn't say like a full-blown depression, but just like this, I was feeling very blue and very foggy. And she finally, as I'm just like sitting there, she kind of snaps me out of this, but she turns to me and she just wraps her arms around me and gives me the biggest hug. Mm -hmm. And I just lost it. I just started crying because in that moment, I've heard of other people saying like their kids just know, their kids just know when mom is having a hard time. And I thought like, yeah, yeah, right. Like maybe, but in that moment, I really felt like she somehow knew that I was struggling and that I just needed a little hug and and like she even like looks at me at one point and sees that I have tears coming down my eyes and she like wiped away my tears and I was like oh my gosh you're like the best thing in the world um even though I was so frustrated with you just minutes before that but it just kind of snapped me into this realization of of cherishing these ordinary moments um I I feel like a mantra for my life has been that I've always felt very ordinary in my life and so several years ago like four years ago I started a blog about the extraordinary ordinary and I believe that we chase the extraordinary moments instead of being grateful for the ordinary ones. And in that moment today, I just snapped back to reality of this ordinary moment that was frankly day altering for me. And I think long term, when we realize how extraordinary these ordinary moments are, it actually can become life altering totally agree I posted on my social media uh, I think it was like a, it was a couple weeks ago maybe now um, that my kids all got into bed with me like it started with my daughter and I was watching some 
silly mom show in bed, just like curled up because I was cold. And she just had gotten off of whatever device and toy she was playing with and just crawled into bed and said, mom, can I snuggle you? Can I watch with you? And I was like, yeah. But I said, let's turn on something we both like. You know, I changed it. And then she just like snuggled me. And that's like, she's my most independent one. And she like came to me and I don't know, that just felt, I just felt like seen and needed in a like pure way, not like the, you know, bratty way that a lot of times comes out of her like, put my shoes on. And, And then the boys quickly followed and snuggled me and there was no, literally no fighting. Like I haven't been able to snuggle all three of them in years. That's how we like, I functioned as like a lone parent when my husband was flying Like I had two babies on each side and one baby in between my legs when they were all tiny. And that's how we fell asleep every single night. Mm -hmm. And that I love that. Like people would, I kind of was shamed by other people. Like, why don't you make them fall asleep in their own bed? I was like, this is the best part of my day. Like (laughs) snuggling my babies to sleep. And for them to stop fighting and, not punch each other in the face because they, you know, needed to be king of the mountain over mom and give me that moment again of like valuing my role as a mother to them was, that was really important to me that day too. Um, Cause I, you know, I was, their dad wasn't home that day either. And, you know, it was just a day that I was feeling lonely and you know contemplative and you know so my I'm just like you just like Sawyer my kids somehow sensed that and were able to change their hearts for a moment to let me have those moments and like brought me joy again in motherhood because with three crazy kids joy in the day-to-day norm is sometimes very hard but I've definitely been try- striving to like find the extraordinary in my monotonous <laughs> ordinary as well. Yeah. So that makes me just want to ask this question because as we're talking, like I think all of us have this greater desire to want to grow and are striving for something more, but we also struggle with that balance of just embracing where we're at. So where is the line between striving for excellence and simultaneously embracing who we are and where we're at? I think for, uh, for me, a lot of it just recently, I have been doing some reading and it's just, you have to get to know who you are. And a lot of people have a lot of emotional walls they have even within their self and they haven't allowed themselves to fully feel their emotions and, and go with them and either let them heal you or teach you or change you. And I think that men have a bigger issue with this than women. Mm-hmm. Um, women who have gone through significant trauma often block or, you know, restrain their emotions as well. And, but I feel like men are not taught 
to harness to, you know, to use their emotions as tool at tools at all. Mm-hmm. And so just as a human, <laughs> we have to, to understand that our emotions are our teachers. They're our, our protectors and processing that getting to know ourselves and then really, you know, make, you know, make a dream board or whatever. And cause that's, that's the part that I actually have a hard time is like, what, what are my dreams that I want to achieve? Like, I, I don't even know anymore. Like, what were they mm-hmm. ever? Did, did I have like big lofty goals when I was young? Like, I mean, I wanted to be on Broadway, but is that realistic? No. How can I, how can I adjust that to a more realistic, fulfilling, enriching thing for my life now? Do I get to audition for a musical this next year? Uh, do I, you know, and it's, so you have to, you do have to adjust, I think, and create a journey, a map for yourself. And maybe in starting with little goals, you can't write a symphony if you can't read music, right? Or you can't, you know, you don't have a basic foundation of whatever it is. So I think creating, seeing the dream and what are the steps to get there? and educating yourself on whatever that is to to get there I think is really important but also what was your question again (laughs) no I I think you totally answered it I I think instead I would reframe the question to how can I make room for striving and self-acceptance because to your point I think it takes a lot of emotional intelligence to realize who you are as a result of your life experiences and how those have contributed to where you currently are in your life and Mm -hmm. accept that accepting that okay I have I'll, I'll just use like a personal example like okay I have anxiety and I have depression and I I accept that and I'm not self loathing but I can also make room for striving to make that better or learning how to manage my anxiety and depression better. And so kind of along the lines of what you said, Kara, of making goals, like for me, that becomes really overwhelming. I mean, this, that's exactly what I was doing this morning was I was writing out like a to-do list and goals in the different areas of my life and it was overwhelming and I had this realization of like okay I have to actually schedule time to go through goals and to-do list items that are areas of my life where I can accept where I'm at and areas of my life where I'm striving to be better mm-hmm. and so scheduling time for both and in that time reviewing things that you're grateful for so that also can bring you back to reality and bring you back to the ordinary and being comfortable with what is because I think there's this balance especially in the new year we have this I mean I can only speak for myself but I have this overwhelming thing of like I want to be better and I want to do this 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 and then I never accomplish any of those things because it's this big lofty goal and instead mm-hmm. as I take time to be grateful and express gratitude for things that are ordinary that maybe I'm doing well 
or that are going well in my life and being comfortable with where certain things are, then I can really fine tune and get to the place where I can really fine tune those those goals that you were talking about that are more realistic to whatever time of life you're in. Right. Something else is when I think about goals and think about things that I want to accomplish, like I feel like without fail, I feel like this is probably on like a family feud or something. They ask like, what's the number one (laughs) answer of people like New Year's resolutions? And I feel like people always say like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to eat healthier. And I think when I'm thinking about things that I'm striving for and thinking about things that I'm trying to accept in my life, like I determine the line, meaning that it's internally versus externally set. I decide my goals based on what I need versus what other people want to see or what other people expect. And that has also helped me a lot as I've tried to narrow down goals and things that I want to accomplish in this new year. Yeah, well, that's really good because you you will never actually achieve a goal. That resolution will fall into the pit of failures within three weeks, you know, way before, you know, before January actually ends if it's for someone else, right? If it doesn't have value and some sort of really internal personal driving force, then yeah, it's not, you're never, you're never going to get there and accomplish that. And that's why, you know, that's why gyms are so full the first week of January and then back to normal by February 1st. And because that is for most people make that goal for other people, right? So that other people will see them a certain way and have a perception of them. Not because I need to do this because I need to be able to play with my kids and not be exhausted. Or I need to go to the gym and it's not about the losing the weight. It's not about a scale. It's about the gym reinvigorates me and it's my self-care and I love it and I need to have that be a schedule. And, you know, and I have to re-evaluate my whole life right now too. And I, I really run in that like scheduling type situation as well. Like in college in my planner, I literally had like study from like 515 to 545, then do the dishes with my roommates from, (laughs) from this time to this time, because I had to, so that I, you know, could keep it all together and not lose track and remember what was important. But I just went back to work, um, as a dental hygienist a couple weeks ago and, I am trying to now balance that again with motherhood, with Mm -hmm. the personal goals that I set for myself and my own um, uh, self-care because self-care in 2020, this is like really like the first time I've ever really done anything for myself and made that important. And like now I'm working some Wednesdays, every other Wednesday, and that's when I go to therapy. And so my therapy's getting like messed up. I'm like, ah, okay. I have to realign everything so that I am in a harmonious balance, you know? Mm-hmm. And it seems like when we add something new, which can be for our good, 
Like I feel like mentally, I really did need to go back to work outside of my home. And that has given me some strength where I had lost some, some, you know, I, I do feel a more sense of self when I know that I've helped someone heal and improve their health and improve their smile that day. And the compliments of like, oh, that was the best cleaning I ever had. I'm like, oh, thanks, Susan. But I'm like, this is Kendall, my heart. Okay, well, let's chat in six months, okay? Um, that actually, I just left my first day back, you know? I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this is why I loved doing this. I forgot. Like, it'd been like three years, you know? But yeah, it's it has thrown other elements out of balance for me. And so I do... Just like you, I just have to reevaluate and restructure everything so that all of my plates keep spinning yeah. in in a healthy way for me. Because, you know, two years ago, I couldn't work. That was not a healthy me. I tried it and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like this is the time where this is part of a healthy me. Well, I first wanted to say congratulations. I think that's a big step in you doing that self-care and striving for excellence, but also like embracing now where you're at and acknowledging where you were. So I think that's great. Um, But one of the other things I want to ask is, I think part of that as you go into this new year is going to present its own challenges, as you said, but how will you give yourself grace and love when, for example, one of those plates does get, get dropped because it's inevitable. Yeah. Plates, plates I, will fall. Yeah. I mean, they already have to a certain extent, like my boys just got their tonsils out, but I had to miss like some other medical, like appointments leading up to that. And I felt a little bit guilty, like having your dad take them to get their COVID test, you know? And but then I had to say, like, no, he is also a parent. He is my partner. This I am supporting my family again in a different way. He is able to fulfill that parental role, and I'm able to fulfill this parental role at this time. It's okay. Yeah. He's got this. I've got this. And I literally had to, like, walk myself through that. And I had to, like, look him in the face and be like, you got this? you got this, right? Like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> I got this. And I was like, good, because I'm busy all morning and I will not be able to answer my phone if you need me. So <laughs> you best get this. And I'm sure, and there are other things, like I haven't been able to get back in the gym like I really wanted to. And that that feels like a bit of a bummer to me because I'm like, oh, that does make me feel really, really good. So what do I need to, you know, what do I need to do? What, what adjustments do I need to make to where I feel okay? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a lot less hard on myself than I used to be. I, up until probably a year and a half ago, I took more things so personally and I was more of a people pleaser and, in order to have loyalty to everyone around me and make sure everybody else was okay, I lost a whole lot of myself. Mm. And 
it's taken a massive amount of work to be able to properly sew back those pieces in, yeah. into my heart, into my soul. And I, I don't let other people's responses affect me quite as much as they used to or other people's expectations. And I feel like I have different expectations of other people as well. And I, in, in accepting myself and learning to see myself and honor who I really am, I feel like I'm able to honor other people. And so therefore, you know, I don't feel as crushed when I drop a plate because it's, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. My kids are going to be okay. My husband's going to be okay. This friend is going to be okay. You know, what and you, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was go gonna ahead. ask, like, what has been the catalyst for you having that change in your life? I had to do a lot of spiritual, spiritual work and relying on God and relying on the atonement of Christ and that healing power. And I had to learn how to forgive and. I had to learn how to see, I had to learn how to see people through Christ's eyes and myself. And it wasn't, and that's what kind of sucks about life, that life is a refiner's fire, right? Mm -hmm. We have to get burned sometimes. We have to hit rock bottom. We have to feel like we're being trampled in hell before we can start to be molded into something greater yeah and obviously I'm still processing I'm still working my way through PTSD and triggers and pain but there has been so much more light and like I feel the presence of heavenly family more so and I've I felt more sorrow and more joy in the past year and a half than I than I can really even remember but maybe that's mom brain <laughs> like you know since having get like I, I can't even remember the past six years I guess who knows but that the the, the truth is that it these changes came from a very painful catalyst, but it has been for my massive gain. Yeah. Therapy's been great, but really my therapist just listens to me. She doesn't really, she doesn't really guide me that much or give me that much to work on, but she just asks me to feel. Mm-hmm. She asks me to to slow down and to figure out the underlying message that my feelings are telling me. Hmm. And in EMDR work has been really great for me because that's like the underlying like things you have to figure out what's the message that is, that makes that trauma, that situation, that memory hurt so bad. And you have to feel you, you have to sit there and feel whatever that is and then 
your brain somehow processes through that and moves on to something better. Like sitting in the crap somehow reminds you like, no. Example, one of my big strong messages from my pain is that I am not important. And I like sitting there thinking about this situation and like replaying the thought, I am not important, I am not important. And then next pass, you know, next round of thinking, I'm like, no, I'm freaking important. And I, I'm awesome. And I deserve to feel important. And I deserve to feel love. And I deserve to know who I am. You know, it's yeah. just, it, it, that has been a really interesting process to realize that my trauma is all very connected. I call it my trauma web. It's a, it's a one thread of an underlying message of not feeling important mm-hmm. that has made me feel small. And the reality is, is of course I'm important. Of course I have value and deserve all the good things in life, just like everybody. Yeah. And because that's what, you know, life is hard, but like we're here to have joy, right? So I deserve it and yeah. I am loved and I am good just because I am because I was made and I would say just processing my feelings and being willing to, you know, write things down. That has been my, the number one thing for me to let myself feel and to honor my feelings. Yeah. I love that. I think overall this kind of message of, what we've been talking about today has been this overwhelming sense of how can we find more self-acceptance this year and where we're at while simultaneously striving for excellence. And the way that we do that is through really being introspective into ourselves and into our lives and understanding that we are extraordinary and we are extraordinary in our ordinariness and that excellence and beauty in all things can coincide. And so as we conclude, I think one of the questions that I want to put out to our listeners as you think about this year and as you think about your goals and what you want to accomplish, who you want to be this year I want you to ask yourself this question. This year, what are you willing to feel? Because going along with what Kara said, it came down to her being able to be in tune with her feelings that has been the catalyst for the change that she needed and the growth that she needed in in her life. And I would say that I've similarly felt the same things. And I'm going into this year with the intention to be more intentional about my feelings and understanding what my feelings are. So this year, what are you willing to feel? Are you wanting to feel change? Are you wanting to heal? Are you willing to feel hurt in order to find healing? Are you willing to feel joy? And how are you going to get that joy back into your life? We would love to hear from you as our listeners of what you're willing to feel this year. You don't even know what extraordinary lies ahead of you on the path, right? 
just over the hill may be this glorious, extraordinary light and joy on the right on the other side for you. And you may feel so ordinary. You may feel so stuck, but that's just part of the journey. That's just where we're at. You're in the sand, the sand dune, you're in sand trap, but just over there is another extraordinary, beautiful moment that is waiting for you. Yeah. So I think just having patience with yourself and being open to the journey is is something that we need to, you have to accept in order to 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 move to the next step. Yeah. Um Dr. Julie Hanks, she is a therapist uh, that I follow on Instagram. She posted this, I think it was yesterday, and she said our worth as a as a human being is unchanging and independent of our current performance on any given day. Mm-hmm. And I that. so I hope that we can understand that our worth is extraordinary and that it doesn't come with a price tag when we are underperforming. Well, you don't have to earn your value or your love from anyone or anything, you have it innately. Yeah. You are loved. You are valuable. You are perfect and destined for beauty in your life. Yeah. Okay. I have to end with one more quote. Just a little quote book over here. But that's always something I've really enjoyed. I've always collected quotes. So, um, Luke and I just watched Soul uh, for the first time the other night. If you haven't seen it, it's I, the kids have watched it, but I haven't gotten to sit down yet. And it's it. very deep. It's 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 an intense one. That's what Trevor said. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Joe Gardner, who is the main character in the movie, says this, and hopefully as we go into this new year, this will inspire some of your goals, but he says, spend your precious hours doing what will bring out the real you, the brilliant, passionate you that's ready to contribute something meaningful into this world. Love it. All right. Speaking of passionate and amazing things, a lot of my time, I I spend precious hours with my little one. So we're excited to end the episodes with talking about this came out of the mouth of my babe okay you want me to go first (laughs) okay all right so this was collected by my husband he was on the phone with one of his siblings and he she had asked him like why aren't you coming home to arizona for christmas and he replied like ah it's it's really hard to bring all the presents and you know everything on the airplane we've done it before and it's just a big hassle and gavin my oldest son he yells big asshole what what's a big asshole (laughs) so (laughs) with his little speech impediment what's a big asshole (laughs) (laughs) and i think the he may have even said it a little more like asshole <laughs> What's a big asshole? So bless my child and his just adorable speech impediments and oh. that came out of the mouth of my babe. 
I love it. Um, we were, I guess this is just a common theme with bad words. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> we were at Luke's brother's house for Christmas and we were playing with toys post Christmas and we were sitting in the room doing some puzzles. And one of the puzzles had, um, was just like a bunch of shapes. And so I, she kept saying like, sheep sheep but that's what she like to our ears she would have been saying but instead she was saying shit 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 (laughs) (laughs) and my sister-in-law annie kind of like looked up and her eyebrows went up and she was like oh sawyer that's a tricky word huh (laughs) Uh, and so the past couple days anytime she wants to do sheep 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 it sounds like ship, shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Should we put a um, explicit rating on this episode? <laughs> Probably. Bless them. Bless those babes and their dirty mouths. Seriously. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week on From the Mouth of Babes. We hope you have an excellent beginning to your new ear. To your new ear. Yeah. Yeah, to your new year and your new year. <laughs> yeah, and that, and we we're re- I'm really excited about this year as it pertains to life in general, but but especially specifically to the podcast. We have exciting things coming, exciting guests that I'm really excited about. Um, but what would help us the most is getting the word out about our our podcast. We would love it if you would share this with your friends and your families. And hopefully the things that we talk about are somehow relatable. And if you're thinking of someone right now that you think, oh, this would really benefit them. We were just talking about this the other day. We hope that you will share it with them. And then you'll go and rate us with a five star and leave us a review. Hello. Eddie. You say shape. You say hello. Where did daddy go? Daddy. Where did daddy go? Daddy go.